A few years ago, Amy Morin, a clinical psychologist, wrote a web post called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. Her post went viral, and it was picked up by the Forbes website. Later, she expanded on her article, which became a best-selling book. Today, we share with you seven of these 13 things to avoid in part one of 13 things mentally strong people avoid. Are you ready? Let's dig deeper. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, hosted by certified coaches Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Elizabeth is a Christian life and leadership coach, branding consultant, and busy mompreneur. Sebastian is a Christian speaker, Bible teacher, author, and leadership expert. Together, they help today's committed believers to dig deeper in their knowledge and walk with God in order for them to grow and climb higher in life and leadership. If you want to dig even deeper, make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com for more free resources and content. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. So thanks for tuning in. Today's topic is really, really going to help you guys. It's called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Avoid. So it's part one. It's um, based on research. So there's 13 things. So we're going to do half today and we're going to do the other part next week. We really wanted to give you guys this teaching because we really know that it's going to help you on your journey, on your entrepreneurial journey, on your journey um, as a Christian leader, whatever it is that you may be doing. These are things that you're going to want to avoid so that you build some mentally strong toughness, which is really essential in today's day and age. And Liz, I know you're a big fan of, uh, of mindset, of developing your mindset, of becoming mentally strong and uh, so I know it's a subject that you're going to really want uh, to uh, to dig deeper in and I know you're going to enjoy this exactly so number one it's the number one thing that you want to avoid is waste time feeling sorry for yourself mentally strong people do not waste time feeling sorry for themselves you don't see mentally strong people feeling sorry for their circumstances or dwelling on the way they've been mistreated. They have learned to take responsibility for their actions and outcomes. And they have an inherent understanding of the fact that frequently life is not fair. They are able to emerge from trying circumstances with self-awareness and gratitude for the lessons learned. When a situation turns out badly, they respond with phrases such as, oh well, or perhaps simply next, or I'm going to learn from this situation, 
it isn't fair, life isn't fair at times, but I'm going to overcome this. So they're very positive. They don't dwell and, and just look at, oh, what was me? Poor me. This, you know, I was dealt a bad hand in life and mm -hmm. therefore I'm going to stay stuck and, and dwell on this for the next 15 years and scrap my life. They're not like that. Yeah, and they don't see it as a win or lose. They see it as a win or learn. Exactly. Whatever happens to them. So that's good. Yeah, they don't feel, they don't feel sorry for themselves and they just know that life can sometimes suck and sometimes it can suck a lot but they suck it up and they keep going number two mentally strong people avoid giving away their power mentally strong people avoid giving others the power to make them feel inferior or bad they understand they are in control of their actions and their emotions they know their strength is in their ability to manage the way they respond And that is so well put. That is so true. You'll notice that mentally strong people don't get distraught by what people say, whether to their face or in their backs. They don't, they don't let that bother them. They, they, have like a, they have a thick skin. They have a duck feathers. The water just rolls over them. And they don't let what people say bother them or, or make them uh, get sidetracked. And this is a very huge point because... Um, you do give away power mm -hmm. you don't realize but you're giving away that emotional energy it drains you when you actually care about what people think and they they make you feel bad you have to see the bigger picture of why that person wants to make you feel that way and you know despite themselves sometimes it's unconscious sometimes it's just you know bad comments that they're going to do concerning whatever it is that you're you're starting up or whatever it is that you're trying to, 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 you know, to do in your business. And other times they just don't understand, you know, what drives you and what you're doing. And, and people tend to, um, they tend to judge what they don't know. And they tend to um, feel uncomfortable because especially if that person is a friend or a family member, you're kind of waking them up to the fact that they're not active, they're not doing anything, they're yeah. not trying to fulfill their purpose. And so that makes them very uncomfortable. So the, the natural tendency is to try to drag you down with them and to make you stop whatever it is you're doing. And it, it's some, like, like I said, sometimes it's just because you know they they just don't want you to succeed because that means that they would have to push themselves in the rear end and other times it's unconscious and and it's very well put what you said and and i've noticed that average people want you to be average and mediocre people want you to be mediocre so that's why i surround myself with great people because they want me to be great and it's so important and and when i was young i used to listen to a, a psychotherapist on the radio and he had a saying it was really really good he said Other people have no power over you except the power you give them. Exactly. That is That's so well very, put. That's very, very well put. Yeah, it was so powerful. And I remembered that. I actually wrote it down at the time. I still have it in one of my, uh, <laughs> my notes. That's very powerful. Exactly. You're not... Uh, you don't have to make everybody like you. You don't have to be like everybody else. If you're listening to this podcast, it's because you're a leader. You're wanting to grow in personal development. You're wanting to be a trailblazer in your field. So automatically, you're not going to have, you're going to have haters. You're going to have people telling you that what you're doing is ridiculous or mm -hmm. 
uh, giving you negative comments because it is what it is. And you just have to say, you know what? They just don't see the bigger picture. They're not seeing the vision that I'm seeing. And that's okay. And never and forget. move on. Yeah, and never forget that these people have no power over you except the one you give them. Number three, Liz. Okay, so mentally strong people avoid shying away from change. Mm -hmm. So they're not scared. Well, I won't say that. They are kind of fearful of change, but they do it anyway. Yeah, okay? they're willing to do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I don't want you to think that, you know, everybody you see out there putting themselves out there are, have no fear that they're like this, you know, super, you know, superhero that doesn't feel anything because they're people just like you and me. Yeah. But you see them in a different light because you see what they're accomplishing. But in reality, I mean, how many speakers have I heard in the John Maxwell team, you know, famous speakers I've heard that uh, are well, well known saying, you know what, even stand up comics will yeah. admit that sometimes they even get so sick to their stomach that they're really ill before they go do a speaking gig or a show. It just is what it is. It, it, you know, nerves are nerves, but they do it anyway because they're proud of themselves after they do it. There's a great accomplishment. And it's it's about push, pushing yourself out of those comfort zones where you know that you're going to have to do that thing so that you can get to the next level. And so everything you try in the beginning is scary. But the more you do it, it gets more comfortable. Yeah. And, and these people, these mentally strong people... If they do have a big fear, if they do have one, it is not the fear of the unknown or trying new things, no, but it's of becoming complacent and stagnant. So an environment of change and even uncertainty can energize a mentally strong person and bring out their best. Some of them are so mentally strong that when they see a challenge, they go like, you know what? Yeah, this is going to be hard. I'm a little bit scared, but you know what? I can't wait to tackle it. So that's an attitude that we should have in front of change instead of shying away and postponing it or, or not doing it. We should look at it and say, well, this is going to be challenging, but let's do this. Absolutely. Number four, they don't waste energy on things they cannot control. Now, this is huge. Mm. Okay. How many times do we try to control things? And, you know, Every little thing will kick us down because we're trying to make everything perfect. You know, mentally strong people don't complain much about bad traffic, mm -hmm. lost luggage, especially about other people, you know, as they recognize that all of these factors are generally beyond their control in a bad situation. They recognize that the one thing they can always control is their own response and attitude and they use these attributes well. So that's really important that you understand this because your attitude, like they say, makes you or breaks you. And it's true because, again, we're going to that energy and we're not, you know, trying to be, um, you know, new agey. But God did put spirit, uh, the whole spirit inside of us and we are a part energy. Yeah. And so it does drain us when we're constantly nitpicking and frustrated of different situations. And see, the biggest thing, and I've heard so many, so many, so many talks about this, 
about successful people and how they think. And J uh, John Maxwell w wrote an amazing book on how uh, successful people think. And his wife said, you know what? This is the, the book that I read this book and this is exactly you. This is how you think. This is exactly you. And, and it all revolves around this that you know, your attitude will affect a lot of what you're going to overcome and a lot of what how you're going to move forward. Yeah. And if you stay stuck because, you know, I can't control this, I can't control that, you'll notice that everybody that complains that much um, are, are stuck. They're stuck people. Like, yeah. they can't move forward. Like, everything's draining to them. Like, doing the their job, just getting to Friday is an eternity. It's just, oh, you know? Those are not the people that move forward and accomplish great things for God. Yeah, and then where focus goes, energy flows. So if your focus goes on the, all the little things that go wrong, like they, that was mentioned earlier, like lost luggage or bad traffic or whatever, then you, it drains you. So you only have a set reserve of energy that is within you every day. And if you use that energy in a negative way on, on negative things, complaining and all that, it's going to drain you and then you won't have the energy left to do the positive things and to focus on the positive. So choose to focus on the positive. And uh, there's another thing I, I read when I was a, a bit younger that was very good that stayed with me all these years. The author was saying, in life, there's two things you should never fret over or worry about. Number one, the things you can't control. Because, hey, if you can't control them, why worry about it? Why, why spend energy on that? You can't control it. And the other thing that you should never worry about is the things you can control. Because if you can control them, you have power over them. And if you have power over them, they shouldn't stress you. So basically, just summed up, don't ever stress ever. <laughs> because you're always going to encounter one of the two, either those you can't control or those you can control. Yeah, and this is a, a big point because automatically successful people will try to find a solution. Like they don't dwell on that negative part. They're like, okay, I have an obstacle. How do I overcome this? What is the quickest way out of this situation? How could I turn this around? They're automatically looking for a solution to solve that problem if they can. Mm. And that's big. Yeah. And that brings us to number five. Mentally strong people avoid worrying about pleasing others. Oh, this is huge, Lizzie. I, I, I know I know I've had that. But it's funny how you get older, huh? There's a saying that I heard, I think, I think it was John Maxwell that said that once, but he was quoting from someone else. Uh, at 20, when we're 20, we worry about what everybody else thinks. And then at 40, we don't care what anybody thinks of us or says. And then at 60, we realized they were never really bothered by anything we did or said. <laughs> yeah, they never really cared. They to never really it. cared to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, and you know, it starts in high school, and then it just <laughs> creeps but, up. But on when us. we're younger, it's such a big deal, huh? I mean, I I used to be so worried about what people thought of me. Oh. It was, a, it was an addiction. It, it like handicapped me. Like, it completely paralyzed a me. A big part of my high school years at church and ugh, it was awful. And you know, one of the things that actually really helped me to overcome this was a series that uh, Sebastian and I did when we first got married. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of problems with the in-laws and um, you know, just getting the two families to get along. And it's like we always felt like we were the sandwich in the middle saying yes to everybody and not respecting ourselves. And, um, you know, 
everybody wanted a piece of us and it's like you know from family gatherings to Christmas uh, everything was just so hard and so we we fell on this study boundaries and it really helped us because it, it first of all it's written by a Christian psychologist and another um, yeah two, two another, people yeah. yeah two people that are very well known uh, now I think uh, the name is Mr. Town Townsend Townsend yeah and um, I'll put the link below we'll, we'll definitely for, provide yeah, you the resources for all the for resources yeah. that we're mentioning but. Yeah. Um, this powerful series was really, really, really good because it really helped you to see from a Christian perspective how, you know, we tend to um, want to be so yes, 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 like yes to everything at church, yes to everything that everybody asks us because otherwise we're this bad Christian because we're not saying yes to everybody and showing love and mm. kindness. And, mm -hmm. and we have this idea in our head and he basically explains from a Christian perspective um, and he uses a lot of verses and it's really reassuring and he really makes you understand that it's okay to have boundaries and it's actually healthy. Yeah. It's healthy for your mental state to have good boundaries and where and how to apply them so that, you know, uh, you're respected by your family members and you actually can finally feel like, you know, you can breathe and, and be the leader of your own life. Yes. Right. And um, so if you're newlyweds or married or I know some people have been dealing with this for years and are disgruntled and bitter against their in-laws because of this. So this might be a series that's really a godsend for you. But to get back to our number five, there's a lot of people pleasers out there and successful people don't worry about pleasing others mm. okay and to some christians this sounds kind of harsh and it's like oh well they're just like selfish going through their own life not caring you know but it's 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 not that okay so to get back to number five which is um worrying about pleasing others the opposite is true as well i mean we all know those people that go out of their way to displease others as a way of reinforcing an image of strength. We all know those kind of people. So neither one is good. It's not good to be one of those people, obviously, and it's not good to be that yes, yes, yes person that yeah. gets stepped on and has, you know, doesn't get respected. Yeah. So a mentally strong person strives to be kind and fair and to please others where it's appro appropriate and they're unafraid to speak up. Okay, so they're able to withstand the possibility that someone will get upset and will navigate the situation wherever possible with grace. So they're, you know, going to deal with the situation. They're going to say what they have to say. And they know it's part of the game. Some people will not love them, will not love what they're saying. And that's that's okay. They try to be respectful regardless, mm -hmm. but they're not you know, they're not bent out of shape and they're not going to yeah. let that affect themselves and not sleep at night just because of a certain person not agreeing with them. There you go. And and that point number five is huge. Uh, my mom used to tell me, you know, when I was young, I mean, she looked at me go. She looked at the way I was and she said I was a lot like her when she was younger. So she would tell me, Sebastian, you'll notice in life the toughest thing you will have to do is to learn how to respect yourself. And that's exactly what this means. I mean, if you're a people pleaser, you don't respect yourself. When, when you're not a people pleaser, but you're willing to help out, you're willing to be kind and just and fair and generous with your time, there's a difference between that and being a people pleaser. But the thing that I found was tough was to learn 
to say no, even if it meant I wasn't going to be liked afterwards. You know, sometimes it's just you need you need to say no for whatever reason. And people are going to look at you the wrong way. And, and it's especially true in religion. Uh, I noticed as a, as a budding uh, servant of Christ in, in the church back when I was young, I wanted people to like me. I wanted people to see me in a good light. And so whenever they would ask me anything, even if it was something that I really didn't want to do or I didn't have time to do or whatever, I would do it. But inside, I, would, I was simmering. I was really unhappy doing it. And I should have said a simple no or this is not this is not convenient for me at this time. I'm sorry. You just excuse yourself and whatever happens, happens. They don't like it. Well, it's not your problem at that point. But we're so taught in church to be uh, servant leaders. But they, they just put the emphasis on servant, 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 servant leaders that we forget to lead our own lives and we become uh, basically people pleasers. And there's a big difference between being a servant leader and a people pleaser exactly and i think you know the churches push a lot of people because a lot of people are doing nothing with their lives you know let's be honest i mean their good deed is to go to church on sunday and they've done their part and so if they can bring a casserole to a potluck that's the biggest thing they're going to do all week you know and it's sad to say but it's true for some it's all year <laughs> you know for yeah for some people it's like okay there's a christmas party the church event of the year and i did you my know, part i brought a uh, brought a casserole i brought a box of donuts and whatnot and and that's it and they're not implicating anything else and obviously in churches you know where they're trying to to thrive and make churches grow they need people being implicated you know babysitting kids uh organizing events you know outreach all kinds of stuff and that's great for somebody that you know really um, wants to do it has a heart to serve oh, yeah. and has the time to do it um, you know but I've seen so many Christian families you know squeeze themselves like lemons where they have so much going on already in their family yeah. and they're you know getting bitter and angry and and almost not going on Sundays sometimes just because they're like Oh, finally a breather because yeah. I don't have to do this ministry thing. Like if that's going to be your attitude, there's no point in, in, in doing it. But, you know, I think it's impo important to be implicated uh, in your church, but to have that heart of, okay, this is important to me. I feel like God is telling me I should be part of this. And and for some of you, it might not be that. For some of you, you're you're an entrepreneur. You're doing your own thing. I mean, I've, I know I've gotten looks, you know, um, some don't understand what I do and you know they don't understand this the the entrepreneur woman and I I live my life differently I do things for my family differently and some people just don't get that but I, I don't care it doesn't matter because I know that I'm helping people and I'm doing what God's asking me to do so I might not have time to be at all the church events and that's cool with me yeah and and you mentioned the families how, how some families in, involved in church ministry can be squeezed you know, like every single drop of them is squeezed out by the church by demands or whatever and I just want to pause and, and uh, address if you're a church leader if you're a pastor if you lead a church and you have young families okay not 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 families where the, they have like the kids are 20 years old or whatever but young families where the kids are young if possible, don't pressure those people, the parents, into participating in church ministry. Their first ministry, first and foremost, is to their young family. 
because it demands so much out of them in today's modern world we know how it is uh, we're in it right now uh, we do more than the average uh, christian but but we know that it's always appreciated when we we know that uh, our leaders and churches uh notice that yeah we have a lot on our shoulders and they're not gonna put demands on us that that they would uh, otherwise put on i don't know uh, single people or or, or people, people that whose are retired kids, or people are retired or whose kids have moved out or have yeah, more time. Have time exactly so always be mindful of that to, to uh, always go on a voluntary basis when you're asking for a hand so number six mentally strong people Avoid being fearful of taking calculated risks. A mentally strong person is willing to take calculated risks. This is a different thing entirely than jumping headlong into foolish risks. But when, with mental strength, an individual can weigh the risks and benefits thoroughly and will fully assess the potential downsides and even the worst-case scenarios before they take action. So we're talking about calculated risks. But even calculated risks are still risky. And that's what is, is the, the emphasis here, is that in life, if you don't risk anything, you don't get anything. Even when we start out, when we're in our early 20s and we have that boy or, or young man or woman that we're interested in, hey, you risk getting rejected when you ask them out. You know, uh, when there's a job that you're interested in and, and you apply, you risk not getting a call. It's a calculated risk. Even though they're not big risks, they're still risks. So all of life, basically, if you're going to advance, is composed of risks. And especially here, if you're going to take... I mean, we can apply this this point to a lot of different things, but if you're going to be an entrepreneur, that's oh, a huge, huge part. Of course. You're going to have to invest some money. You're going to have to put some skin in the game. You cannot, you know, make an omelet, like they say, without breaking some eggs. It's just part of the process. Yeah. So if you're not willing to sacrifice time, discipline, energy, uh, money, you know, all kinds of things that, that it takes obviously you're not going to be able to have this the success and the harvest that you you crave that you you need for your family yeah so it's part of the game you know those that are are very successful in life are those that are able to take calculated risks and don't see them as risks like they're so mentally strong they see them as opportunities they see them as opportunities they have a game plan they're they know that when they're going to put the steps into place even if it is risky, even if there is a chance of it failing, they're like, it's not going to fail and I'm going to make this work. And they're positive and they make it work. I've talked to a lot of people as well, uh, young entrepreneurs and people, um, you know, starting their home business. And a lot of them are in a situation where financially it's difficult for them. And it is taking a risk on themselves and it is taking a risk you know, to buy a certain course to, to develop themselves mentally or to grow on a personal uh, growth journey. And they, they know that they need these tools to advance. And they're so stuck on, oh, no, it's risky. Like, and, and basically, you know, it, it comes, it stems from the lack of belief in yourself. Yeah. Because if you believe in yourself, you don't see it that much as a risk. No. You know there's a little, you know, chance that it might fail, but at the same time you're like, 
I know I'm good for it. Like I know I'm going to put the work in and I know I'm going to get the results. So, you know, it's, it's about um, overcoming that mentally and not seeing it as um, a handicap, as something, as, you know, a hurdle that you can't move forward. Because if you can't take calculated risks, which is part of the entrepreneurial journey and so many things. It's part I mean, of life. I've heard so many pastors talk about, you know, like even just, I think it was Oral Roberts and how he got started. I mean, it's crazy when you hear his story. I mean, taking calculated risks, man, a lot of the pastors that we know today to be pioneers took so many risks, not knowing what was going to be the outcome and saying, I'm going by faith. I'm doing this thing because I, I know that you know, God is going to help me out and I'm going to put in the work and the effort and I'm going to do it. I'm going to accomplish this. Whenever you're going by faith in anything, you're basically taking a risk, especially in the eyes of others. When you go by faith in anything, others are going to point you out and say like, are you crazy? What if it doesn't work? They're going to be basically emphasizing what might be your inner voice and making it louder. But uh, yeah, if you, if you study the lives of great men, any great man or woman, Study their life, and you'll notice they were risk takers. That's how you become great. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because I remember when Paul Martinelli um, was talking about when he wanted to, he had an um, like a, a goal to. Uh, he's the president of the John Maxwell team, and he had a goal for a certain amount of seats, and he had to reserve uh, another, like another uh, uh, hotel where they were going to have. Uh, they were going to give him a, a much bigger room, but they said, okay, we're going to give you this much bigger room, um, but you have to fill so-and-so amount of people. And he just made that like his, you know, it was a risk because he was booking in advance thinking, okay, now, now what? Like I have all these seats that I have to fill because I don't have that big of a team, right? <laughs> and it's crazy. I mean, how he just multiplied that and and we had, we didn't we ended up going that that summer and he t told us a story of how yeah. you know it was like it doubled you know it, it because he had faith that it would and he made it work you know so and he was like wow like we're gonna max out this one now and you know and it's yeah growing and speaking and growing. of risk takers it's good that you mentioned paul martinelli because uh in john maxwell's book uh, no limits i think it's chapter nine if i'm I don't know if I'm wrong on that, but Paul, there's a whole chapter dedicated basically to Paul Martinelli and his mindset. I mean, mindset and risk-taking go hand in hand. A strong mindset. Show me a person with a, a strong mindset and I'm going to show you a risk-taker. Right. It, it, automatically. It's, in, it's impossible to have a strong mindset and not take any risks. It just goes together. There's always a risk that it's not going to work out and you can't focus on that. You just have to say, this is my plan of action. You know, follow someone's um, guidance that has gone through that plan of action, that has executed it and had success with it and just follow through and do it. And, you know, you're going to get the result that you need. And it basically comes down to no guts, no glory. Exactly. And number seven is mentally strong people avoid dwelling on the past. Yeah. This is big. It is big. A lot of people do that. I used to do that. Uh, you know, they're in strength in acknowledging the past and, and learning from its lessons. But a mentally strong person is able to avoid staying in the, uh, focusing their mental energy in past disappointments 
or in fantasies of their glory days gone by. Mentally strong people invest the majority of their energy in creating an optimal present and future. Dwelling on the past, I mean, when I was a younger adult, I I realized, you know, how my upbringing and, and you know, we, we, were, we were poor and my dad was always out of a job and willingly so, not because he was unlucky, because he didn't want to work. And so I had the, the poorest, like, in a way, upbringing for mindset purposes, if we we're going to put it that way. And uh, it, would, it was easy for me in my 20s to just blame it on dad or blame it on my upbringing. Or that. But you know what? You have to grow out of that. You can't dwell in the past. And likewise, your past successes are also in the past. So if you were very, very successful, but that's the past. I mean, you got you to gotta keep building on those past successes. Keep adding to them. Keep working in the present to make sure that your future is still bright. You can't rely on it. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I wrote a book five years ago or I did this. or well, What are you doing now? Are you writing a book now? Are you building something now? Are you doing something of value now? It doesn't matter what you've accomplished. The glory days gone by are just that. They're gone by and you know what? If you live in them, you're going to be gone by too. Yeah, and I've seen this um, a lot in uh, network marketing and home business spheres. Uh, a lot of people that have had their glory days, they built their business a certain way back when, like 20 years ago, and it worked a certain way. And you know, people evolve, things change. Uh, the industry changes, networking changes. Um, you know, the way we do business today is in any uh, sphere of life, like most of the, the businesses, the way of networking and things have changed because of social media, because uh, people have, you know, are, live different lives. So there's different ways to reach people, right? So you can't just say that worked for me 20 years and I'm going to be teaching that same method today to my teammates because it's not going to work for them. They're not going to get that success. You have to evolve. You have to change with yeah. the new times, with whatever is going on right now. And we, you know, I, I've seen a lot of uh, business leaders um, that, you know, are over 55, let's say, and, and more. And they're really focused on, well, we've been doing this the same way for, you know, 30 years. And they think that they're going to just, you know, apply these methods today and have growth. And they're surprised that they don't have growth. And so I think that's really, really uh, important in business to really be in the now, in the present, working towards the future. And on the on a personal level, I mean, if you've had past hurts, you've had things that have happened to you in your life, everybody's had things that has happened to them. Um, if you're just going to dwell on the past and just have that haunting you over your head, you're not going to move forward mm. because your focus is in the wrong place. Your energy is going in the wrong place. You're not thinking about how your vision is not pulling you. There is no vision because you're just focused on the wrong things. There is a revision. There's no vision. Yeah, exactly. There's a revision, <laughs> a constant revision of bad. And I should have done this and I should have done that. And yeah. that happened to me and that happened to me. And you, you can't change the past. That's the truth. We cannot change the past. It is what it is. But we can mold the future. We can mold the future. You you have every capability in you that God has given you. He's not like, oh my gosh, I had no clue. Like he knows everything that happened in your life since you were born. And 
you know, whatever those circumstances happen, they have been in your life to shape you in different ways. And, you know, unfortunately, there is a lot of bad things that happen to people in the world. And God doesn't want those bad things to happen to you, but they do because of sin. Mm. And God's there to give you strength and to help you overcome because he wants you to be a powerful Christian and he wants you to be strong and fulfill your purpose. There you go. That was point number seven. So we're done for this week. We've covered seven first points of the 13. Next week, we will finish with the six points that are left. Which are very, very good. So tune in. Oh, yeah. They're very good. I mean, this is all of this is so good. I mean, this, this uh, it went viral for a reason <laughs> because it's so true and so good. Exactly. So we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Please share it with those that you know will benefit from it. Share it on social media. We know this is going to help a lot of people because a lot of people are really stuck on a lot of these points. So share the podcast. And if you haven't signed up yet, you can sign up on thrivingonpurpose.com. We've got free resources there um, for you to check out and uh, download some MP3s on biblical affirmations to help you with your mindset, to help you be mentally strong in your day-to-day life. And uh, we even have an MP3 version that I did for nighttime. So when you're winding down to put your brain in the, the right mindset to, to really focus on God's promises and who God says you are. So enjoy those, thrivingonpurpose.com. And you can also subscribe from wherever you're tuning in. Amen to that. Be blessed. And thrive on. For more free resources and content, make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com 